everybody. This is your host, John Tady, and it's time again for Mom on Pop, the podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tady, you know her and love her, weighs in on all manner of pop culture. This week, we'll be talking about Project Runway, and our tour of the nation's advice columnists continues as we examine the work of Dan Savage. But first, of course, we have to catch up on all the latest happenings from the New Hampshire Lakes region, from which Mom joins us now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. Mom, do I sound ill to you? Because all week people have been saying to me, oh, you, you, do you have a cold? And I have a little bit of sniffles, but I feel good. Um, I think it's seasonal allergies of some sort because uh, it, it. this always happens to me when fall really sets in in earnest, as it is here in uh, Chicago. But I, it makes me feel weird because everybody thinks I'm sicker than I am. Do I sound sick? Yeah, I know. You sound very puffy and swollen. Really? Oh. Yes. Well, I apologize to the listeners for having to endure that. You actually sound better today. Well, I had to record a TV show yesterday, so that's not too uh, encouraging to hear. Oh. Well, at least they could see that you weren't on death's door. <laughs> so, so there's that. There's The TV has that going for it. <laughs> uh, by the way, I am talking about the AV Club hosted by John Tatey, new episodes of which air every Thursday at 9, 8 central on Fusion. Please tune in, won't you, Mom? I, I always watch. I always watch, but you know what else people should know hmm. is that you do a live chat on Tuesday that's a lot of fun. Yes, after the taping on Tuesday, we do a uh, Facebook Live at, uh, when does that come on? 2 Eastern, yeah, 1 Central, I believe. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Tuesdays are such a and whirlwind. It's, it's, very loose. it's very loose and fun and, and relaxed, and uh, the panel sort of hears what the listeners are or watchers are reading and watching on yes. TV or movies and stuff. So it's it's a very nice interactive thing. I really uh, don't care for Facebook uh, overall, but I have to say I love hearing from the viewers and the readers of AV Club. Uh, yeah. I just... I. I'm so happy to live in an era when we can have that sort of instant communication and we can connect that way. So, you know, the Internet's not all bad. No, not yet. <laughs> right. Not yet. What's happening for you offline, Mom? Just so much excitement here yesterday. Speaking about Facebook, mm -hmm. somebody put on in the Kearsarge area online yard sale that their cat was stuck up in a tree and who would come and get it down? And you should have seen the people that said, that cat will come down. They'll come down by themselves. If they have claws, they'll come down by themselves. My cat was up in a tree for nine days, and it finally came down. And I thought, Nine well, days? Nine days. Good Lord. Who wants to wait nine days? Oh, well, it's so, so stressful. Awful. That's more than a week. I wouldn't be able to sleep thinking about that poor right. cat. Exactly. So, lo and behold, people did also say the fire department doesn't come out and do that anymore. So, you know, there were other suggestions like put a open can of tuna at the bottom of the tree and Oh, such. yeah. So that, so that a bear will show up and eat the cat. <laughs> or a skunk. <laughs> right. We have a lot of skunks. Yes. So the Wilmot Fire Department did come out and got the cat out of the tree. Really? Yes. Small town. 
I love it. I have to agree with the Facebook commenters uh, in that I didn't think that happened anymore, if it ever did. Well, apparently, you know, it's sort of like a cliche from a long time ago that the fire department would come out. But, you know, it's good. It's good stuff. Um, it, it, uh, it's reassuring. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was exciting for the fire department to put all their gear on and take a ride in the truck. So. <laughs> <laughs> They got to do that. And the cat is safe and sound? Apparently. I mean, I just saw that the fire department came and got it down. So I'll look look in the yard sale newsletter (laughs) for an update. You know, Mom, I feel like we've had a couple of... We're going to get to our advice column chat later. It's Dan Savage this week. Savage Love. I know you're looking forward to that. Um, But we've uh, had a couple of discussions uh, over the months and years we've been doing this podcast about bathroom etiquette. And I just want to share a story and, and get your opinion on something that happened to me. I'm ready. Last last week, so we share this this studio um, with uh, the Onion. Sometimes the Onion comes in here, they need to shoot some uh, sponsored content videos in here, and uh, sometimes they hold casting calls in here. And last week, they they were doing casting. So it was very busy. And so we have um, a bathroom in the show office, which is upstairs. Um, and there's three bathrooms down here. And I u- I'm using the term bathroom loosely. They're basically... I know, I used one. Oh, my God, right? It's basically closets with a toilet and sink in them. And, and not a nice closet, you know. Right. And then there's a bathroom in the hallway upstairs outside of the show office, and a couple of months ago, a sign went up that said, this bathroom is not for use of AV Club show staff. And I asked one of our staff what was going on, and she said that the guy who runs the photography studio on the second floor said that's his bathroom, it's the only one he has, and we can't use it anymore. Well, fine. I mean, I, I was pretty bummed because that's the bathroom I would always use. It's the only one that really offers some sense of privacy, um, and it's the nicest one. But okay, fine. We've been using different bathrooms. Well, last week, all of the bathrooms were full because they had this casting call down here, and someone was in the office bathroom, and I really had to go. Maybe I'd waited too long. I don't know. Yeah. But it wasn't... Yeah. I really had to go. Yeah. So... I figure, well, I'll just use it once. I'll just use the bathroom in the hallway once. It'll be fine. Lo and behold, I come out, and there's the guy <laughs> from the photography studio standing right there, and he starts to lecture me about, you know, this is my bathroom, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I know, I know. I'm sorry. We've been avoiding it. Every, all of the bathrooms were full, um, and I really had to go. I'm sorry. And that should have been the end of it, I think. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, yes, I get it. I'm, I'm sorry. And this, it'll only happen once. Okay. But instead, he, can, he just gets more irritated with me and said, oh, all the bathrooms were full? Like, I'm, uh, I don't know. Like, like grade school. The bathroom's not that nice, you know? It's not like yeah, it's yeah. the Cadillac of bathrooms and I'm going <laughs> to go out of my way to spitefully use it, although I will now. Um, and I said, I, I had to go... Would you rather that I would have shit my pants? And he said, well, you're just, you can't make me wait. <laughs> and then the profanity got a little more intense and the conversation came to a quick end. Yeah. 
That's what I like. <sighs> well, I, I don't I don't like it. I mean, I just wanted to... I was on the verge of violence with this guy because it was just like, can't you understand another human being needs to go to the bathroom? What do you think? I think he's just spoiling for an argument. I think so, too. And, yeah, and I think uh, if I were you, I would just enjoy the argument <laughs> as much as you're capable. I would savor it, but I know you're not that deranged and, and move on. See, I would be I would be very antagonistic in that I would maybe rip two pieces of toilet paper off. I wouldn't even use the bathroom, but I'd rip two pieces of toilet paper off and lay it on the floor or some such irritating thing. Oh wow. Thing. Yes. So you're you'd basically gaslight the guy is what you're saying. What does that mean? <laughs> well, um you'd mess with his head is all. I would take great joy in that. <laughs> wow, you're giving me ideas. I did, I was so angry, I did consider, uh, you know, I come in early Thursday mornings, um, so I thought maybe on Thursday morning I'd just go in and take the whole roll of toilet paper out. And then when he came into our office asking to use our bathroom, I'd be like, up, 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 you have yours. <laughs> sorry. But, oh, so sorry. Yeah, I don't I have the stomach for that. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I think I might try little insidious things just to, <laughs> you know, unless he has a hidden camera, it could be great fun. Spoiling for an argument, I think you're right. Yeah. Thank you for assuaging my poop concerns for the week. <laughs> shall, shall we talk about Project Runway? Yes, let's. Okay. Project Runway is the long-running fashion design competition currently in its 16th season, which features the loving mentorship of Tim Gunn and the harsh judging of fashionistas like designer Zach Posen, magazine editor Nina Garcia, and of course, host Heidi Klum. I just don't know when you decided to take the direction that you wanted this to look like a Native American costume. That was not part of the challenge. No. She almost looks like a doll. Like it's all a little bit too stiff. If her hair was in a sleeked back pony and she had simpler shoes on, it would have made all the difference in the world. It's not, to me, very fashion-y, and it just feels a little basic. I love that you used a fire hose. I think that play that you did between using the fringing and the graphic pattern and the text is all you needed. The other elements on top of it and the piping kind of brought a kitsch element to it. I also feel that the top is not fitting so beautifully. Not your best work today. Lyris, how do you feel in it? There's a piece that like cuts my arm here. So yeah, it's, it's like okay. fiberglass, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, very it's I've never yeah. seen you this uncomfortable. Fibers in her armpit making me itchy. New episodes of Project Runway air Thursday nights on Lifetime, but you can DVR them because I know on Thursday nights you're going to be watching the AV Club hosted by John Tatey. First, this is actually a time slot competitor of ours. So watch the AV Club hosted by John Tatey, and then you can catch up on Project Runway. Which is 90 minutes, so you want to build up some buffer time anyway, I right. think. Mom, okay. is Project Runway still making it work for you? Most definitely. Oh, yeah? I think so. This show just keeps on delivering, I think. Okay. Well, I love it. 
topic one has to be the defining contestants of season 16, the twins. Yeah. I don't even remember their names. I only know them as the twins. Well, I wrote their name down. Their names are Claire and Sean, and I'm not sure how to say this, but Butendorp or Buitendorp. Uh, Who cares? Claire and Sean. I don't either care, but I hated them. (laughs) Okay. But. Yes. Given that TV is the entity that it is, I I try to keep in mind that they are producing television, not reality. Very well put. Yeah. These twins were so obnoxious. (laughs) They were so arrogant and entitled and and froofy. I can see why they were very reluctant to... Let them go. Define froofy. Well, one of them was always saying, indeed. Right. (laughs) Indeed. And, well, and this this is what also bothered me, though, Mm -hmm. is that I go into this as a... um, Innocent, you know, I come into this and ooh, these are real people um, right off the street. But as it turns out, not maybe always the case. And these twins, in fact, were on another show that I never heard of called Twins. They were on a reality show about twins. I remember you telling me this. And that's all I know about them because I just didn't care about them enough. But um, one of them had very little talent and maybe the other one did but when she was caught cheating she kind of poo-pooed it you know she just yes I measured something well you're not allowed to have a measuring tape Uh, and I as I learned they're not even allowed to you know these are these are regular people that design right uh, in the spur of the moment and then produce a garment so they're not even allowed to have sketching tools at the apartment. When they leave the design studio, that's it. So let me catch people up a little bit. These two, Claire and Sean, they were on a show called Twinning, because I did look uh, this up oh, after twinning. you told me about it. Twinning, uh, it's called. And yes, I think that these two, I was fascinated by these twins. They, to me, were... Maybe it's because they were two of them, but they didn't really seem like people to me so much as like test two creations who were bred from birth to be reality <laughs> contestants. Yeah. Because they were so annoying. Um, and you had two of them. So you had basically two variations, slight variations on the annoyingness. And they would just sort of, they spent most of their time chattering at each other to the great irritation of their castmates in the workroom. Right. And then within an episode and a half, they they were gone in a flash. Um, They, the show contrived, this is a week before last, the show contrived to have the two of them do a mini challenge against each other. They had what, like an hour, two hours to design a, a garment? Um. And then, uh, I forget which is which, but I believe Sean was the one who was kicked off first. In fact, yeah, that's that's correct. Um, Sean... And she absolutely imploded at the idea of this design off. Right. She basically resigned, right? She kicked herself off, it would be more accurate to say. Yes. Yes. 
which I thought was very disingenuous because I think she had very little designing talent or ability. Her sister designed everything for her and told her how to do everything. So it might have been interesting to see what the sister could do, but then, of course, it turns up that she has an added advantage. She gave herself. (laughs) That's right. Because I think that's how entitled they were. They just... And she and even oh. when Tim confronted mm. her, it was like, you know, who the hell are you to question me? Yes, mm. I measured a, a tank top. Claire. Yes. Is it true that you have had a measuring tape in your room? I have a measuring tape. Is it true that you've been measuring garments in your room? I have measured a tank top and crotch of a pair of pants. All right. We must rescind your win and send you home. All season, I've been talking to people around the office uh, about Project Runway, and everybody says, oh, I hate those twins, I hate those twins. But don't you miss them a little now that they're gone? Because they provided a lot of drama. I had great fun watching them be obnoxious on television. Look, I think the show is great when it's purely about creating, and I just think it's a fantastic format, and I love seeing what these talented people can come up with in the course of a, a single day. I but agree. the show, now you and I uh, looked in particular at last week's episode, and yep. the show felt a little rote to me last week without those yeah. twins. So, uh, and so all season I've been saying to people, hey, careful what you wish for. Yeah, I mean, I I understand what you're saying. I really do. But on the other hand, when I watched this show, those twins made me feel twitchy. And I just don't want to feel like that when I'm watching it. Twitchy, yeah. You know? Like you're always on guard for the next annoying thing they're going to say. Right, right. You know, and they're running around. One episode, they were running around the the studio and creating they were they were like the the tasmanian devil where everybody (laughs) is maintaining and here they are the floor was wet they're falling on the floor they're screaming to each other and shawnee shawnee i could live without that well that was all for the cameras i mean they were and this is why i I say they were born and bred reality show contestants because there was not a single moment where i didn't think they were totally conscious of the cameras and just constructing themselves for such Exactly. And, you know, for me, I understand television is what it is, and there's editing to sway you in a certain way, and I understand all that. Sure. But don't treat me like an idiot. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. I sort of skipped over this interesting piece that you raised, but you said the show is supposed to be about people sort of plucked from obscurity. So do you think that they shouldn't have been allowed on the show because they had been on this twinning VH1 series prior to Project Runway? No, I don't think that should negate them because I don't think many people knew who they were even. No, but I get what you're saying. Uh, Like you don't want you don't want someone who's just there for to be on TV, right? Every any reality show producer abhors that. They don't want people to seem like they're just there for the exposure and they're not taking it right. seriously because it undermines the whole premise of, of the show, even though obviously people are there for right. the, the exposure. But, you know, like when, when they... <laughs> it's a tangled idea, isn't it? Even when... What was the show called? Last Comic Standing? Yeah. 
you know, you sort of thought that was people off the street with that were kind of funny. And that wasn't really the case for that show either. Um, and on Shark Tank, the sharks always get irritable when they feel that someone's just there to get a free commercial. Right. right. Yeah. Very irritated with that. But, you know, they're there. The producers put them on. Okay, so we've we've covered the twins. I guess overall we're glad that they're gone because we can get back to focusing on the creativity, right? That's right. And I think that's very interesting, too, because that is one thing that people, you know, these other designers that are left, I think there's five of them left now. Yes. And, you know, I'll say, oh, my God, I'll say to Daddy, that look at this piece of crap. What the hell is that? And and Heidi or or whoever will say, I just love this piece. Yeah. And I think, well, Bonnie, you have absolutely no taste at all. No, no, you can't say that. They're still just well, people. Even if they're fashion professionals, they're still just people, and you can have your own taste. Well, I do have my own taste, but, you know, some of this stuff looks horrendous to me, and they're just falling all over themselves. You know who has grown on me as a judge so much? Do you want to guess? Zach Posen? Yeah, how did you know? <laughs> Let's talk about the judges, because he's grown on me too. Look, Michael Kors was the master of the zinger. He was so much fun, and I do miss Michael Kors. Yeah, he, I agree. He just he brought something special to the show. It was so funny to hear him critique outfits, and I think that you know, Zach Posen comes in, and I think that maybe we're expecting the same from him. And maybe even he tried to be that at first. I don't, I don't mm. have a hazy memory of it, but I feel like Zach would try to fire off the zingers, and they wouldn't quite land. Um, but, yeah, tell me what you like about him. I, I like that, you know, when he smiles at the camera, he looks like he's really having a good time. Yeah. I... I think he really enjoys what he does. I think he's very straightforward and might be helpful to the designers. And I love to see him, although I sort of hate at the same time, when he examines the the (laughs) pieces that they've made. He's very handsy, you know. He's always touching, touch, and he'll even touch at the breast or whatever. You know, it's just it's just a garment to him. Yeah. We're talking about the part of the show after the initial judging, the designers leave, and this is something introduced within the last couple of years, and then the judges um, get to look at the garments on the models close up. Um, yeah. And yes, Mike, uh, Michael Kors, Zach Posen will uh, tug and pull at the at the thing with the model yeah. in it. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, I don't know, I guess that's how you act in a professional fashion environment because nobody seems to look askance at it uh i like zach too he's he's grown on me i think he's a great part of the cast uh what's your opinion of nina well i'll tell you nina i you know she she's i think very tough i i find very little warmth in her right um although she does have some nice things to say sometimes but i'm mostly afraid of her well i think that's why she's there right do you think so? I think so. I think she's the she's when they please Nina, they seem most relieved and because, relieved. You know, they're not pleased that they've pleased her. They're relieved. That's right, because she can be so acid. Right, very acid. I do think um, 
I don't know what Heidi brings to the table other than herself being, you know, quite lovely and a model, of course. But I, I mostly she's just, I love this or I didn't like it or what happened this time. I don't know that she offers much in the way of critiquing. Wow, I disagree. All right. I find I'm most liable to say, what are you talking about with Nina? But Heidi, I think that I agree with the most. And I think that Heidi, look, I think that Heidi is one of the great hosts of of this era. And I don't think she gets Mm -hmm. enough credit as a host um, because she has a lot of roles to play. She's she's a judge, yes, but she's also sort of a, a chipper leader for the contestants. I don't know. I just love that she can come out and she gives her sing song. Hello. I always love the Heidi. Hello. And she, you know, she's sort of fomenting this excitement for the challenge and being, in, uh, you know, sort of puckish, uh, yet encouraging to the contestants. And then she takes mm. the role of the of the judge. And I like what she brings to the judging insofar as she often doesn't go with the rest of the panel. She's yeah, the she most not afraid to disagree. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So she's the most liable to go off on her own and say, like, I didn't care for this one bit. And I and I respect her because she's coming at it from the point of view of uh, a, a, a model. I don't know how right. much modeling she does anymore, but that's her background. Yeah. Um, and she always seems to be approaching it from the point of view of someone who would wear whatever we're looking at on the runway. Right. Um, right. And I think that's a little different perspective from the designer, Zach Posen, or the editor, um, who's really thinking editorially and conceptually about the clothing in Nina. Right, because that is, that is the thing that she, one of the things that she frequently says is this would photograph very well. Right, right. And then the guest judges, I just never, it's extremely rare that there's a guest judge who leaves any impression on me. I agree. Those are just the uh, fluff, you know? Yeah. Um, and Tim Gunn, do you have anything special to say about Tim Gunn? You know, I would love Tim Gunn to be my uncle. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I think he's a a very lovely man. Sometimes I think his outfits are ridiculous. Not ridiculous, but, you know, just sort of, does that tie really go? And I'm sure it does. <laughs> Please, before anybody says anything, I'm sure it does. But, you know, that's just my opinion. And I do have one only negative thing to say about him is that sometimes in the workroom, he'll say to somebody, oh, I I like this direction, keep going. And then it comes out on the runway and the judges are saying, what the hell is this? (laughs) So I'm not sure... I'm not sure about his... I feel so sorry for the designer when that happens. It doesn't happen frequently, but when it does, I think, you know, you should be able to stand up and say, well, Tim thought this was pretty damn good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, there must be the urge to say that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think we're down to some very good designers now, and even if you've never watched it, I think... If you have the least bit of interest, you could tune in now and watch some people that are, you know, that all have some talent. Looks like they have some talent. So that's right. Uh, it might be fun to watch 
even yet. Yeah, you could jump in and, and follow it to the finish, and I think there are some impressive people. Uh, I'll just run down the designers' names, and if anybody jumps out at you that you want to talk about, Mom, uh, the remaining designers, by the way, spoilers, in case you're listening and for some reason haven't realized that we're talking about the latest Project Runway yet. The designers are Ayana, Brandon, Kentaro, Kenya, and Margarita. Uh, any of those extra special to you, Mom? Uh, Kentaro is Asian of some. He's calling. Japanese. He's Japanese. Oh, is he Japanese? Mm-hmm. And um, and his designs, I think, are a good mix of Japanese sensibilities and um, and American. Mm-hmm. And he has a real nice style. And I like his things very much. Me too. Although, in this particular episode, oof, that was yeah. that was not his best work. No. This was an unconventional materials challenge last week, uh, and, you know, they used to just call these challenges, but now yeah. we have to just have to make a big deal about how it's unconventional. That used to be just part of the show, that once in a while right. you'd have to make something out of something weird, but now it has to be its own thing. And anyway, they had to make garments out of safety materials like seat belts uh, and um, construction netting, Ugh. rubber boats, yeah. fire hoses... And Kentaro made this top and skirt out of fire hose fabric and then put these chevrons all around them that it looked like, oh, it just looked like a dirty quasi-Native American yeah. thing. Someone said, I think uh, it looked like Pocahontas was going to a tea party or, so, or some such, which was <laughs> spot on. <laughs> it, was, it was not a good, it was not a good design. And the, and the, the judges seem to dislike very much when you transform a fabric into your fabric. Right. They want to see you use the materials that are odd, and and uh, so you might as well go for it. Right, because he just split open some fire hoses, and they are apparently wrapped in fabric, um, and so he didn't have to do much transformation. Although right. seat belts, they loved this seat belt dress that Kenya Ugh. put together, which yeah. I thought was lopsided and and very ungainly weird, weird. Yeah. yeah. And seat belts, I don't know. That's is it that really much more innovative than fire hose fabric? No. I don't no. think so. I don't think so. I bet you and I could fashion something up pretty nifty with seat belts. <laughs> well, I don't know how to sew, so you're gonna have to help me with that. Well, I'll run the machine you can design. Ayana made this uh made this ensemble that looked like it was on fire that I thought was really striking. Oh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And she made that with the, the netting. And, uh, I, you know, how, did, how does she even think of that? I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, the top half of the garment was sort of um, spangled with crushed safety reflectors. Right. So it really had this luminescence to it, backed by the black, very striking. And then the netting, I did not think that... Netting skirt was going to work, Mom, but it mm-hmm. it sure did, didn't it? It was wonderful. And, you know, you feel so happy for these people when they oh, pull something off. You really do. You, you're rooting for all of them. I think that's part of the fun of the show. I mean, yes, I definitely want, once the runway show is over, I want there to be some greats. And I'm happy if there's a couple of real baddies in there because I want to hear the judges. You know, I want a little drama. I'm sorry. Right. That's right. But in general, I'm rooting for people to pull off their concepts because you're interested to see if it can pay off. And it's so amazing when it does. It, it is really 
shocking to me that people can start with a pencil and a sketchbook and voila, here it is. It comes to fruition. That's like magic to me. Yeah. Uh, The losing designer this week who had to leave the show was Michael, and he made this uh, boring skirt from Ace Bandages, uh, a bralette out of like a harness, uh, sort of seatbelt material, and then just sort of covered her in in bungee cords on top of that, covered his model in bungee cords on top of that. Uh, This deserved to go, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I didn't even understand it. You know, it's like, here's a bunch of stuff, and you could go into a preschool, and these kids could probably put it together into something more interesting than he came up with. <laughs> preschool? Really, Mom? Wow, that's All right. cool. Yes, preschool. Second grade, let's say. All right. Boy, I'm doing a lot of compromising with you today. Let's talk about uh, margaritas. She made a uh, top from knee pads and hard hats. The hard hats got cut up and went around the shoulders, and the knee pads uh, formed the bra area of the top, and then a skirt out of uh, danger tape. I thought this was better than the judges gave it credit for. Yeah, I agree. She really manipulated her materials into something Pretty exciting, I thought. I think she did a fabulous job. And I sort of like her style. She always herself has something very bright and and, uh, maybe floral or whatever, but always something quite bright on that I like. So I like her style in general. I agree. You and I both love color, and I think Margarita works very well with color. Although I have to say, I love when Kentaro, who has more of a monochromatic style, is forced to work with color because he has done some amazing garments. A couple of garments this season have really blown me away because he did something crazy with color. I think he's discovered something in himself over the course of the season. That's the other thing, Ma. You see these people grow, don't you? Yes, yes, because they find out things about themselves that they didn't know before they came just because they're forced to, and that's very rewarding to look at. Yeah, I'm glad this show is still around, even though uh, you can tell the sponsors are getting a little cheaper every year. You know, we started with... What? I don't know. Who was the original sponsor of The Wall? Oh, God. I don't know. Maybe Neiman Marcus. Yeah, something like that. Or maybe it was Macy's at some point. But it was an upscale department store. Now, what is it? Is it JCPenney now? Penny's, yeah. And and Avon Cosmetics, which are crap. I'm sorry to (laughs) all of you Avon representatives out there, but... That used to be you. You used to be an Avon lady, right, Ma? A very long time ago. Did you enjoy that? No, I hated it. (laughs) Why? Because I hated knocking on people's doors and, you know, how are they going to say no to me today? And it's nerve-wracking. I didn't enjoy it at all. Did you make any sales, though? Yeah. But then I always felt bad. I always felt bad for the people that bought something. You're making me sad, Mom. Uh, Well, that's why I don't do it anymore, John. Did they give you a pink Cadillac? That's Mary Kay Cosmetics. (laughs) (laughs) But I wouldn't mind a pink car. (laughs) All right. uh, So what is... We we talked about the one episode in particular, but let's take the whole season. What is your grade so far uh, for this season of Project Runway, season 16, Mom? Oh, I I have to give it an A+. I mean, I think I admire that they threw the twins in there and tried to jazz it up a little bit. I hope, you know, I hope that isn't the way going but 
I uh, admire their their willingness to stray from the norm. Yeah. A plus. All right. That's what I expected. All right. Let's finish up with our uh, advice column critique for today. This used to be, was Abby right? We'd critique Dear Abby, but now we're ranging all around the world of advice columns. And this week brings us to uh, Dan Savage, who has been featured in the AV Club, in fact, for many years, but nationally syndicated. So you have chosen a letter uh, from Dan Savage's column. Did you enjoy sifting through the recent installments of Savage Love, Mom, to find this letter? No, no. Okay. But here's one that Mom found acceptable to talk about with her son on a podcast. My only child is 16 years old. He was curious about sex from a very young age and very open with me. So his interest in sexual matters gave me ample opportunity to talk with him about safety and consent. He went through a cross-dressing phase when he was small, mostly wanting to wear nail polish and try on mascara, and I felt like I navigated those waters pretty well, but his father made attempts to squelch those impulses. He and I are divorced, he has since remarried, and is less involved. That's the background. I've always accepted that he is who he is, and I've done my best to help guide and educate him. Then, last year, I caught him trying to shoplift a pair of panties. I'm not the sort of mom who freaks out, but I made him put them back and talk to him about his actions. He said he wanted to try them on. I told him that if he wanted to explore, he needed to do that with a legal purchase and in the privacy of his own room. Today, I found a girl's bra in the laundry. He says he doesn't know whose it is or how it got there, but this isn't my first rodeo. What on earth do I do? Signed, Mom in Sleepy South Carolina lovingly educates offspring. Which spells out Miss Cleo when you turn it into an acronym. By the way, this is an abridged version of the letter and response because both the letter writer and Dan Savage uh, gassed on for quite a while. Yeah. Dan Savage responds... Take a deep breath, Miss Cleo, or take two. Take however many you need until you're back in touch with your inner mom, the one who doesn't freak out. Your son may be a cross-dresser, or he may be trans, or he may find bras and panties titillating because women wear them and he wants to sleep with women, not be one. Lots of gay boys are titillated by jock straps, but a closeted gay boy can collect them all without freaking out his mom good point. We can't know whether your son is a cross-dresser, trans, or merely titillated Miss Cleo, but he's clearly exploring and wants to do so privately. Give your son some space, including the space to make his own mistakes. As teenage misbehavior goes, swiping a single pair of panties isn't exactly a crime spree. Otherwise, Miss Cleo, I'm going to advise you to back the fuck off. Your son knows you love him, he knows he can talk to you about anything, and he'll confide in you if and when he's ready. If, again, this is something he needs to discuss with you at all. Okay, Mom, what do you think of that response? I thought he was right on. Yeah, right? Because I'm wondering, how involved does this mom in her maturing mm-hmm. son? I think too much, don't you? I think there are points where you just look away. And right? that's what you're supposed to do. That's what a caring mother does. She, she shouldn't be on top of everything. You know, okay, I realize shoplifting isn't, isn't the best right, thing. Right, sure. But, you know, I'm not sure that I would even have addressed that. I'm not sure I would have. You wouldn't have addressed the shoplifting? I don't know that I would have. Well. I mean, I know it's not right. I know it's not right. But so does he know it's not right. But he's probably feeling a little confused and... 
He doesn't need a lecture from his mother. I mean, why not really get things confused and have her all involved in it? Well, I think the shoplifting, I, I think she handled that well. She said, hey, if you, you, know, if you want to explore, fine, but you've got to actually buy the thing, which, uh, yeah, I don't think a 16-year-old boy is eager to bring a pair of pink silk panties up to the desk at Victoria's Secret. Uh, but, you know, the, the Internet exists, buy some there, or what have you. I think she had right. to address the shoplifting, because you can end up in jail for that, and she doesn't want that. But I think for everything else, yeah, just keep your distance. He's 16, he's figuring out a lot of stuff, he's not hurting anybody. Right. But she seems like the kind of mom that wants to be so cool, because she's accepting. And I guess this is this is my question to you, because this is, like, how involved do you want your mom in all that? I'm thinking not so much. Well, you're saying she wants to be, I mean, I think being accepting is good, but you're saying she wants to be cool. She wants to be there and accepting. Is that what you're saying? Like she wants to be cool. That was my feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. I think that she, I think her heart is in the right place, but I couldn't agree more with uh, Dan when he says, Just say back off. Give, yeah. Give your son some space. Or back the fuck off as... Uh, oh, you had to say. You had to say it, didn't as, you? <laughs> as Dan put it. Um, so you thought he gave good advice here. Are you going to be a regular Savage Love reader now? No. It... <laughs> no, because I've read other letters that are really... Oh, you know, really tough to... No, I I will not. But I thought we should include everybody that we that we know about so right. I, I thought this this was a good one in our tour of the advice columnists right yeah if you're not familiar with savage love uh listeners he does any manner of fetish or freakiness uh dan is happy to talk about in his column and uh as such any manner of fetish or freakiness does end up in the column he's very accepting he's very sex positive um, I remember, Mom, uh, we used to have the occasional print edition of The Onion, and my favorite part of The Onion was always the AV Club, because I was a nerd like that. But you would pull the AV Club out once you discovered that Savage Love was in it, because you didn't want Jenna reading it, my little sister. Well, that's fair, isn't it? I guess so. But, you know, I, don't I know. wanted to read that. Well, read it in your in your bedroom, then. You know, I, I'm i very grateful for Dan Savage because he, maybe this is uncomfortable for you to talk about, but he really opened my eyes and um, shaped the way that I think about sexuality uh, at, you know, at, around this time in my life when I was in my, mm-hmm. in my teens and just made mm-hmm. me, look, I think I'm a pretty accepting person by my nature, but um, he made all this stuff less weird to me. So I feel it oh. as a, you know, as I grew up, I really adopted his attitude of, hey, if you're not hurting anybody, sure, be into whatever you want. Right. If you're not hurting anybody, fine. That's really the approach I take to a lot of things. Yes, I agree. I agree. And and you're very good at that. And I, I don't have a, you know, I'm from another de- generation, and I'm, whatever you, you were going through or doing, uh, I don't really care. Right. You know, I didn't really care. I didn't need to be part of it, you know? Right. Well, you know, I should also say, I think you're pretty accepting too, Mom. You don't judge. No, I I hope not, because I really don't care what anybody's... Right. I I really don't. I really don't care. And I think, um, 
you know, probably this Mr. Savage is, is doing a very good thing. It's just a little uncomfortable to read. Yeah. Well, we've covered it on the podcast now. You never have to read it again. And I probably never will, but, <laughs> but you know, I just want to say... You know, thank you to him for for helping so many people in the in the fashion that he does. Oh, that's very sweet, and I think that's uh, well deserved. So, thank you, Dan Savage, and hey, thank you, Mom, as always, for your insights this week. Well, thank you, Johnny. That'll do it for Mom on Pop this week. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you enjoy the show, give us a review on iTunes, tweet it out, tell your friends. We really appreciate you helping to spread the word. Mom and I will be back next week with another installment of Mom on Pop. Until then, for Bonnie Tatey, I'm John Tatey. So long for now. (laughs) 